Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Think 180 podcast. My name is Chris Baker of Inc. 180 Ministry here in Chicago, Illinois. I uh, wanted to thank you for joining us today. We've got a very important topic to discuss. Uh, if you're if you're new to us and new to our ministry and not sure exactly what we do, uh, we started this ministry in 2011 to provide free tattoo removal services and free tattoo cover-ups to former gang members, uh, survivors of human trafficking, and that's something we're going to talk a lot about today and victims of domestic violence. So uh, topic that we're going to kind of tackle today and talk about is that of social media safety. And it's a huge, huge issue right now. Uh, and it's something that we've really embraced over the last few years um, to educate kids and parents about how gangs and sex traffickers will use social media to recruit, to harass their victims and how to get them to do what they want using social media. And our kids are so vulnerable right now. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I would love for parents to listen to this. Uh, and then based on you know your thoughts on it, where your kids are and in, in age, um, have this discussion because it's very important. Don't ever think that your kids are too young to talk about social media safety. So with our work with sex trafficking survivors, we hear about this a lot. Our kids are being targeted by predators on a daily basis. Um, the cell phone is probably one of the best inventions of our time and one of the most terrifying as well. About three years ago, my daughter, Mackenzie, who was 16 at the time, came to my shop. She went to high school right behind where Inc. 180 is located here in Oswego, Illinois. She came over one day and I had just finished removing a sex trafficking tattoo for a young woman. And I was very tired physically and mostly emotionally based on the story that I had just taken in from this, this survivor of trafficking. And my daughter sat down with me and, and told me, said, Dad, I had an idea, something that I think that you should include in your, your work, in the ministry work. And I kind of rolled my eyes and sat back and thought, you know, that's exactly what I need is more, more work to do. But uh, I looked at her and I, I wanted to hear out what her idea was. I, so I asked her to explain it. And she said, dad, you know, I go to a lot of events with you and mom. I've learned a lot about the topic of human trafficking. And I know that, that these pimps and predators use social media to recruit their victims. And I think you should teach a class on social media safety to bring kids and their parents together to talk about how to use social media safely. And I sat back in my chair I took a deep breath and I looked at her and I said, Mackenzie, that's a, that's an amazing idea. I think that's a great idea. And I think that you should do that. And her eyes about popped out of her head and she looked at me and she said, dad, I'm only 16. Like, what could I possibly do? I can't teach this class. I don't know what I'm doing. And I said, Mac, you know, nobody knows social media better than a 16 year old girl. And we, we both kind of laughed about that. And we thought about it. We talked for about an hour and I said, how about this? How about if we teach it together? Uh, we went and worked with some of our partners in federal law enforcement that deal with uh, crimes against children using the Internet. And they helped us out a great deal to compile really a curriculum that we put together that has evolved and changed uh, very regularly because social media and apps and all this stuff changes so fluidly. Uh, so we started doing it. We started teaching that class uh, every month free of charge to bring kids and their parents in to Inc. 180 to sit down to have a productive conversation 
about social media safety and how to uh, protect themselves while they're online. Because one of the things that we've seen, I, I've seen this as a parent, Lisa and I talk about this a lot. I hear this from a lot of people that come to the class who hear me speak in their church or whatnot. Kids are given cell phones today often in a way that's just like giving them keys to the castle. Like, here you go. Have fun. Don't do anything dumb. And that just doesn't cut it. Uh, we're dealing with predators and pimps and traffickers who are highly intelligent. They're master manipulators. They're better at talking to your kids than you are. And for some reason, our kids will lend weight to what they have to say and they buy into it. Uh, we have, I'll never say that we've heard it all, but we've heard an awful lot uh, in the, the five years, five and a half years of doing this ministry. And the stories that we hear from sex trafficking survivors almost always have some element of they were groomed using social media. There's very, very little supervision by parents. Um, our, our kids are 19, 15, and 11. They all have cell phones. They all use social media. But Lisa and I have a rule with our kids. We tell them, um, you can have these apps. These are the ones you can have. These are the ones you cannot have. Um, and we'll talk a little bit here later in the episode about how to monitor that and how to really know what your kids are downloading on their phones. Um, but the rule is they can have certain apps. We have to have their user ID and their password. And we tell our kids all the time, we stalk you because we care. And it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that we don't trust our kids. That's not it at all. We totally trust our kids. Our kids are very street smart. They're very savvy when it comes to this stuff because they've been surrounded by it since 2011 with us doing this ministry. The thing is, there's a lot of a lot of creepy people out there. And a lot of those people you just wouldn't even expect. And we're going to talk about a couple examples recently in the news here locally um, that are going to bring that to light for you. But I'll tell you, there is no, no city, no inner city, no suburbs, and no rural area in this country or in this world that is immune to sex trafficking. And this is how they do it. Um, and we stalk our kids because we care. And we, you know what? We want to help you do the same. Keep our kids safe. If we can keep one more kid from having to come in here to have a, a barcode or a, ta a pimp's name tattooed, removed from their back or their neck, that's what we want to do with this. So please take this very seriously. It's a serious issue. The first, you know, there's so many issues with social media, um, trafficking, you know, grooming. We just had a, a situation here in Shorewood, Illinois, not far from here where we're at at a school, and I won't name it because it's an ongoing investigation, but it was it was widely publicized in the news, where a 38-year-old school teacher was sending uh, grooming text messages to one of his 13-year-old female students. And I posted about this because it was a Christian school. I posted the story on the Inc. 180 Facebook page, and people lost their minds saying, how can you post this? This is a good man. He's not a predator. He's not sick. He's not, he, how, they don't even know he did this. Two days later, they posted the transcripts of the messages he was sending to this girl. I know a parent who has their child that's a friend of this girl. So I, I'm privy to, privy to some information that's not even been put out in the news yet. There are predators among us. We don't often know them. And all, you know, 
a lot of the times they're not people that we would even expect to do something like this. People always say that, oh, I, I never saw this coming. Well, you can't see mental illness. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, so a lot of grooming goes on, sending messages. They will uh, look for things in social media. When we went and met with the Internet Crimes folks, they asked me about my social media use. And I told them I use, I use Facebook quite a bit, Twitter some, Instagram a little bit. They said, do you think that you have good security settings on your Facebook? I said, oh, yeah, I have to approve everything. You, you know, I have to approve you to see what I post and this and that. They said, okay, sit down right here. We want to show you something. 13 seconds later, they were logged into my Facebook account. There's People are setting up duplicate Facebook accounts. They're looking at your friends. They're, there is no such thing as... 100% foolproof lockdown security on any social media platform. It's not just Facebook. They're all the same uh, same situation. What these pimps and traffickers and predators are doing, they're looking for people online that are going through things in life. And for some reason, not just kids, but adults do the same thing. I, I plead guilty to it. I've done it before too. We put our life on social media we put things out there on social media that we won't even talk to our friends about sometimes because we don't want to. We don't want to deal with it. But we'll put stuff out there that is sometimes very cryptic. You know, just like the other day, I just saw one of my kids' friends put a post that said, I'm so over it, like I'm done. Well, these pimps and predators look for that because they're going to start selling them a bill of goods to help make them feel better in life. Or, you know, the the girl or the boy that just got broken up with, you know, dumped by their boyfriend or girlfriend, um, parents that are going through a divorce, drug addiction issues, they can sniff this stuff out and they regularly do. Another huge issue uh, related to social media is sextortion. Uh, we're going to talk about that here in a second too. Another, another recent thing in the news where people are asking for and others are sending nude photos, videos, messages, uh, and it's it, that is a huge problem that we're going to talk about here in, in just a couple minutes. And the third big issue is gang recruitment. Gangs also look for those people that are kind of the outsiders, the I don't have any friends, FML posts, and they will target them and recruit them into the gangs because the gangs are notorious for selling fake bills of goods to people that are lonely and giving them what they think is a, a family. You know, when I, when I remove gang tattoos, that's one of the questions I ask is why did you even get involved? I said, well, my dad's been gone my whole life. My mom works two or three jobs and I got nobody else around. And I look outside and there's the gang and they got all the money and the girls and the cars and they target those kids that are lonely and desperate and lost uh, and they use social media to do that as well. But I want to get back to talking about this this whole issue of sextortion because it's a powerful tool that's used. Uh, we just had a huge issue here in the Chicago area. I'm not sure if it made national news, but it may have because the kid that was doing it is a YouTube, you know, quote, star. I don't know what that means. I guess that means I'm getting old. But um, my kids all knew who he was. His name's Austin Jones, 24, 24-year-old guy from suburban Chicago, uh, who was arrested and charged with child porn charges. Uh, he was sending text messages to girls as young as 14 
asking for nude photos and videos and girls were sending them to him. And, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I am very much about innocent until proven guilty. And I like to try to give people the benefit of the doubt until we see evidence. Um, the day after this story broke, the evidence came with it. And they had transcripts of the text messages that Austin Jones was sending to a 14-year-old girl and what he was asking for in these pictures and videos, and it made me sick. Um, I wanted to post it on the Inc. 180 page, but out of respect for the people that follow our page, and we have a lot of young people that follow that page too, I just didn't feel it was appropriate because it was extremely graphic. Um, he is facing several class X felonies uh, for, for what he's done. And he needs to uh, because it was just absolutely disgusting and, and completely out of line. He's out on bail right now, $50,000. His mom posted cash bond to spring him from jail. And it makes me sick to know that this kid is out. He's on home confinement. Uh, but we hear and we see this all the time. Um, I just spoke out in rural Illinois a couple of months ago. And out near Eastern Illinois University, or I'm sorry, Western Illinois University. And you would think it's a, it's a safe area. It's a nice, quiet farm town. And I spoke in schools there, in the high schools. And I had a lot of questions from kids afterwards. They were, they were maybe a little too shy to ask it in the group setting, but they came up to me after and said, you know, Mr. Baker, which always makes me laugh. Uh, they said, Mr. Baker... I have a guy that I've been talking to for a couple of months on Facebook and he really wants me to come and see him for the weekend. He said he's going to send me a bus ticket and he's in Indianapolis. Do you think that could be a, a trafficking situation? I said, well, it could be a lot of things. It could be trafficking. It could be, uh, you know, just a predator. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely not right. You don't want to do this. The thing that scared me is every time I have one of these conversations, I ask these kids, I said, have you talked to your parents about it? And they say, oh, no, I, I can't talk to my parents. I'm speaking to parents right now. We need to have these hard conversations with our kids because if we don't have the hard conversations with our kids and open up that, that pathway to, to solid communication, we are going to have bigger problems to deal with and we're going to be posting posters all around town looking for our missing kids. It's a reality, and we need we need to open those lines of communication and not make our kids feel like they can't talk to us about this because it's devastating. Um, a lot of people have asked with our social media class, you know, can you do a video of this? I don't live in Chicago or around Chicago. Can you record it for us and, you know, post it online? We're going to do that, uh, but the thing is uh, we're going to have to revise it pretty often, which we're open to do. We're, we're totally open to doing that. And the reason for that is these apps and the tactics change so quickly and so fluidly that we're going to have to continue to update, which is fine. But just to kind of give you guys a, a Snapchat, uh, snap, Snapchat, a snapshot of what we're talking about, there are things um, that we can talk about today. Snapchat is a huge issue. The thing, you know, and this is how I know I'm getting older. You know, I'm 46 years old and these apps pop up that I don't know anything about. And my kids actually bring them to my attention. They're like, Dad, can I get this? And then I check them out. So Snapchat was one. When I ask young people, what's the what's your draw to Snapchat? Why do you like it? 
they say it's because the pictures only last for 10 seconds and then they go away. One of the things I want to make very perfectly clear, there is no such thing as temporary on the internet. Once it's posted, it's posted for life. Doesn't matter if you delete it. Doesn't matter if you delete your account. Once it's posted, it's out there in the world of the internet for life. Um, we have had issues here in Oswego, uh, our nice, quiet, clean little town of Oswego, Illinois. Uh, a couple years ago, there was an issue going around in the high schools where there was a fake Twitter account that was set, or an anonymous Twitter account that was set up by some guys called Thoughts of Oswego. Thoughts is a slang term that's just not a very nice term about women. Um, but it was Thoughts of Oswego. And what they were doing on this Twitter account was posting nude photos of high school girls from Oswego High School and Oswego, Oswego East High School for the world to see. It was shut down, thankfully. The people were, were uh, addressed that did this. But the problem is this goes on all over the country every day. Twitter is a hotbed of pornography. Um, we have things blocked on ours, but people bring stuff to my attention all the time about how much porn there is in Twitter. Facebook, I mentioned the duplicate, uh, duplicate pages being set up. How often have you received a message or seen a post from a friend that says, if you receive another friend request for me, don't accept it. I see them all the time. I get those messages all the time. Um, People are setting up accounts because they want to make it look like it's, oh, it's my friend and he's asking me for this, this information or these pictures. Another issue with Facebook, um, I, I've done this myself, so I learned pretty much uh, right away that this was a bad idea. But I think we overshare. We put stuff out there that's just not necessary. Um, and we kind of need to have a filter ourselves. Um, how many times have you seen or posted first day of school pictures. You know, you put your kids on the front porch in their first day of school clothes. And a lot of times they'll be holding a, a little sign that says, you know, second grade, so-and-so's class at this school and posting it online. Um, it seems it's completely innocent. You know, of course, parents love the first day of school and hate the last day of school. But that first day of school, they want to put that picture out there you know, and show, you know, hey, my, look how much my kid's grown and they're getting so big and all that. We had a situation ourselves when Mackenzie was, uh, when she was 15, she played travel softball. So we posted a picture of her with her uniform. It was a new team. She was excited. We were excited. Had her name, number, and everything on the picture. And about two weeks later, Lisa and I had to go up to the city for a speaking engagement. And Mackenzie put on Facebook, hey, can somebody give me a ride to practice today? My parents are in the city. I, I need a ride. Innocent enough, she needed a ride. But what it what's scary about it is they if there's a predator out there looking for that, they could tell what team she was on. They know how old she is. They know what she looks like. They know what number she is, what her name is. They go onto her social media and get all kinds of other information to try and lure her away. And we've seen these videos all the time on the internet popping up where people are quote, setting their kids up at parks and they have a guy that's not really a predator, but he acts like a predator 
And they're like, hey, my dog ran away. Can you come and help me find my dog or whatever the scenario is? Um, first of all, I would never su- subject my kids to something like that because they take them and put them in the back of a van and drive away. And then the parents are in the back of the van. Don't do that if you're ever considering it. Um, but it, it's real and it happens and it seems innocent, but it happens. Kick was a huge issue for us and our family. My son, Tyler, who's now 15, uh, is a musician. He's on a lot of uh, pages on the Internet. And he was talking to somebody that he thought was a girl in Australia about music. And it started going down a different path. Luckily, because we have these open conversations with all of our kids, he brought it to our attention and said, hey, Dad, this is what's going on. Um, I need your help with this. I don't know what I should do. And I was like, well, we're going to block kick right away. Um, Instagram is another one. We're starting to see some duplicate, um, pages for Instagram. People start, you know, it looks like it's their page, but it's really not just really monitor Instagram. And there's also a lot of pornography that's popping up on Instagram, although they do a fairly good job of filtering it out. Uh, but just be aware. Um, and another one that's big, that's not really talked about often is the whole online gaming platform. Um, I know my my son does play some games online, not as much as he used to. He's, uh, we, he's too busy making music now, but that's a good thing. But uh, I walked into his room one day and he was playing, I think, I don't remember what game it was, it doesn't matter. But he was online. There's like 12 other people in this online chat talking to each other because they all have headsets and microphones and um, they're talking to each other. People from all over the world playing this game. And some of the language that was going on blew my mind just from that. And I did a little research on it. And there are there are a number of cases where people are talking to kids about photos, videos. Hey, send me this, send me that. And it starts off, it's always, you know, they always start off by talking about something related to the game. Hey, I have these cheat codes for the game. Give me your email and I'm going to send it to you. Well, you know, a 12, 13, 14-year-old kid, they're like, yeah, I get to, you know, beat this game faster than all my friends if I get these codes. So they give them the email. And then before you know it, things are going a different direction. They're asking for photos and videos and pictures of their family. Um, And it's scary. It's just another way. Um, Another thing that's going on a lot, um, speaking of YouTube and, and that whole situation Kids are making YouTube videos and YouTube channels. And I know my son does it for music and, you know, we're on top of that and we keep an eye on everything. But we had a friend of ours just came to one of our social media classes a couple of months ago with his kids and his son is is 12 years old and he had set up a YouTube channel to make Minecraft videos, the game Minecraft. Well, what he was doing was he, he made a video like an MTV Cribs video of his house. He was like, yeah, this is our house and this is where I live. And here's my, my other sister and my brother. And you know, this is where we live, had the outside of the house and the address and all this stuff. He had no idea that this was going on. He and his wife had no idea. Um, so, and he's a cop. So it really brought things home hard. You know, he, he and I had a good conversation about it. He's, he's awesome. And he said, you know, I, I can't believe this happened in my house. It's like, I'm a cop and I deal with this stuff all the time. And apparently I didn't do a good enough job of talking to my own kids about it. 
So it was really, it was really a good conversation. Um, I saw them again recently, and they say they still talk about it quite a bit. The thing is, we don't want to scare people off social media. It's not, it's not all doom and gloom, but we just want to make people aware and know that when you post something, it's not just you and necessarily your friends that are seeing it. It can be seen by others. So we just need to be more aware, more careful. Now, there are some great apps and programs out there to help you do this, and we we use these. Um, I am telling you, we're, uh, we're not sponsored by any of these or we're not being paid by any of these. These are just ones that I've looked at. There are literally hundreds and thousands of these types of applications that can help you keep yourself and your kids safe and monitor what your kids are doing online and on their phone. Uh, applications like Q Studio, uh, Net Nanny, Moby Stealth, Phone Sheriff, and Web Watcher. Those are all great ones that I've had experience with. But like I said, there are literally hundreds and thousands of these apps. Uh, we use one. Uh, we've we've used all of these ones that I've talked about in different ways. But they will actually alert you when your kids download applications. There are different ways to set up filters for uh, you know a adult or pornographic content uh, to it watches their email their applications their web surfing all that is covered by apps so sometimes parents will say oh you know I get apps all the time and they're a little bit off like they're it thinks that you know because it says the word damn in an email that it's pornographic I said well you know we need to watch it so it's worth it check it out Talk to your kids about it. The thing is to make sure you have the conversation with your kids and stress to them that you're not doing this because you don't trust them. I think that's important. I think a lot of kids take that the wrong way. Uh, I know one of my kids took it uh, kind of the wrong way when we started doing it and having these conversations. But I think now they really appreciate it. And I'll tell you, to be honest, this isn't just about social media, guys. We... Uh, this happens in a lot of different ways. It has benefits greater than just the social media safety aspect. We have conversations with our kids now that are so open and honest uh, that it boggles my mind. And I'm really actually very, very proud of my kids for being able to bring some very tough subjects um, to us. Um, not just things that are going on with them. Um, maybe sometimes it's a friend that's struggling that they want to know how to help in a different way. Um, their friend can't talk to their parents or they think they can't. So you, you're going to open up a lot of benefits just by having these real, honest, open conversations. Um, you know, one of the things, do you know who your kids are hanging out with? Do you know who your kids' friends are? Um, I do. I, I know all my kids' friends. I, I, I don't know. It's probably easy for me because I'm a tattoo guy and they think that's cool and I'm not telling them I'm not cool anymore because I'm 46, but you know, know who your kids are hanging out with, know who your kids are talking to. Um, we, every night we have our kids plug their phones in, in our bedroom for a couple of reasons. We know that they're not texting all night and staying up all night on their phone. And also they know we'll, we will look at the messages and we'll check things out. We'll look at the log on the, on our, uh, phone providers website and, and see who they're talking to, but know who your kids are talking to and hanging out with. With our classes, you know, we get asked a lot, you know, well, how far will you travel? Well, we, we typically we do the, the free classes in the Chicago area. 
if I'm traveling out of state uh, to speak at a church or at an event in another state, we offer that um, to the churches in the area, open to the community, anybody that's present. Um, we get really big responses from that. We love it. We don't charge for that class. So if you have a request and you would like us to come and, and share social media safety at your event, me and my daughter would love to do that. Uh, you can email Chris at Inc180.com. We're actually doing one tomorrow or before my birthday. So we love it. Uh, and it's it's really cool to get those conversations because the kids have some of the best questions. Um, and the sad thing is they have a lot of the stories that go along with it. And they talk about, you know, not necessarily what happened to them, but what happened to their friends. Uh, we talk about a lot of current events, current stories, news items that relate to social media, social media safety, and changes in social media, um, new apps that come up. Like I said, we will be doing recordings of it. I think we're going to use uh, Facebook Live and do one for July. So we'll be posting news about that on the Inc. 180 Facebook page. We'll also be giving updates here on the podcast as far as when we'll be broadcasting that and recording it. I have a book recommendation as well. I'm not a huge reader, guys. I'm going to be very transparent. I don't read a lot. Um, but this is a great book. It's called The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. It was a recommendation from my friend, Pastor Brian Hunt. Uh, ironically, I saw he posted about it on Facebook, so I decided to check it out. But uh it's a really good book. It, it talks about a lot of the things like social media safety, um, limiting our time on, on social media, which I fail at miserably. Uh, if you follow our ministry at all, you know that I'm on Facebook quite a bit posting news and information and pictures and stuff like that. But uh, really good book, The Tech Wise Family by Andy Crouch. Check that out. Um, a couple of announcements uh, real quick. I talked about it last week, last episode. Um, but I'm starting a new group at my church called Jump. Uh, what what that's all about is trying to help people facilitate getting out in the community and serving, using our gifts to help give back to the community. So uh, I'm an elder at Big Life Community Church in Oswego. Uh, the address is 197 East Washington Avenue in Oswego. Uh, we're going to have their, our first meeting on 710, Monday night, July, July 10th at 7 p.m. Big Life Community Church. Again, it's 197 East Washington Street in Oswego. Um, come check it out. Basically what we're going to be doing, it's just a group of people getting together to brainstorm ways to get out together and use our gifts to serve in the community. Um, whether that's people that want to start their own ministry, they're not sure what they're looking to do, or if it's just they want to get out and do a service project. We're going to have monthly service projects that we're going to get out and do. We're setting up a night at Feed My Starving Children for late in July. It's a great way to get your family out there, get your kids involved. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we have a great time um, packaging up food for those in, in third world countries around the world. Uh, we've done it a bunch of times with Big Life, and it's just it's a fun time. Uh, and it's a really good way to kick things off because you're going to see a huge impact huge change in not just you and your life, but your kids and everything around you. So check that out. Big Life Community Church, July 10th. It's a Monday night, 7 p.m. Bring your bring your family with you if you want. Um, it's going to be a great night, great time. Big Life Community Church, if you want to come visit us, our church, uh, same address, obviously, 197 East Washington, on Sunday mornings at 915 and 1045. 
We've got a lot of great things going on at our church. We're really excited. We just moved into our new building about eight months ago, and we're really looking to get into doing some great community service work out here in Oswego, really the Fox Valley area. We're surrounded by some great ministries and some people who want to do some great work. So come check us out. Our work is completely funded by donations. So if you'd love to bless Inc. 180 and help us continue the mission of free tattoo removals and help help us remove tattoos from victims of human trafficking, domestic violence, and former gang members who are trying to get their lives back on track, you can do that at Inc180.com. Uh, you may have heard some background noise this morning. I'd, I'd like to uh, graciously apologize for that. We had a, an amazing group in here at Inc180 this morning from Community Christian Church. They're doing their summer serve project where they're out in the community today helping. Um, and my wife, Lisa, is working with them this morning, doing a great job. We're uh, cleaning up our storage and, and our supplies, getting our supplies in order, trying to see where we're at and what we need. But thanks again to Community Christian Church for making that happen. Great people there. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Kyle Kronig, who's the producer of this podcast. He does a great job because I am smart enough to plug in the laptop, and that's about it. Kyle handles all the, the technical stuff here, so thank you, Kyle. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about a huge issue, something that's near and dear to my heart, the gang violence in Chicago and in this country. Um, I grew up in Los Angeles and uh, lost a lot of friends when I was young and saw a lot of things when I was young. I grew up in L.A. during the L.A. riots and Rodney King era. And I thought I'd never see anything worse than I did then. And that couldn't be further from the truth because Chicago is in a, a horrible mess right now. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to see what we can do to, to make a difference and make an impact. So thank you guys so much for listening. Please share the podcast. If you have questions you'd like to write in that we can answer next week when we talk about gang violence here in Chicago and across the country, you can email chris at inc180.com. You can also call Inc. 180 at area code 630-554-1404. Thank you guys so much. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week.